listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 62 on Ed Reach. How to make chocolate-covered broccoli. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, July 28, 2012. Ed Gamer is part of the Ed Reach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. Big voice. Bam. <laughs> okay, this show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We'll give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We'll discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. Jerry? Yes. You have some friends with you? <laughs> My dog will not stop whining. He or she? She. Loves. She's <laughs> Oh. She's trying to get the bigger dog to play with her. Okay, hold on. I might have to rectify this situation. <laughs> Kicking the dogs out. Jerry? Yep. What's that? Don't kick dogs. No. Oh, I don't. I somebody, love my dogs. Yeah, somebody might turn you in. No. All right. I'll go the dogs. Okay. okay. I'll just try that. Okay. Who let the dogs out? No. Uh, <laughs> Jerry. Jerry, who are you? Wow. My name is Jerry James, and I'm a visual arts teacher and owner of two dogs in Schaumburg, Illinois. My name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies and language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois, and I have one dog. Nice. And, and buddy, and, you know, i got to share this with you. Um... You know, I might upset some people by saying this, but we were walking our dog the other day and on a leash, as we always do, uh-huh. and we went by a neighbor's house that doesn't have a fully fenced-in yard. They didn't have the dogs on a on a leash, and we took the corner around the fence, and one of the dogs just flew out and got Buddy. Oh, no. I was just I – was, I was freaking out. Um and you know I have a, it's a 14 pound Bichon. Yeah. It's not like anything big. I, I'm thinking that if if he knew that they were coming, Buddy could have stood his ground. I, I think it could have been a lot worse. I think once the dog, uh, it kind of went after uh, his Buddy's face. Oh. Mark on the eye, on top of it, and but he's fine. He's fine. But man, oh man, I was just ripping the guys like put your dog, you know, bleep on, you know, dogs on a leash. But the good thing was is that I think he was. He was visibly shaken. He was really bothered by it. The guy um, or the dog? The guy. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it was one of those things that, okay, he's got a heart. You know, my yeah. smart by having his dogs out there. I think he was thinking, you know, hey, you know, I can, my dogs are trained. I can have them stop or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm People sorry. make that mistake a lot. They, the core of it, they're, they get some animal instincts. They're still dogs. Yes, they do. And, uh. I pulled and I pulled one of them away, and I was sitting here after later. You know, later I was thinking, oh, this dog could have turned and you know snipped at me. I could tell it was it wasn't the dog that actually got to Buddy. Um, he actually was called back and he actually listened and was pulled. You know, he came back. The other dog was still going, and but I could tell that it was a friendly dog because I kind of lifted him and moved him back, and he didn't. Yeah. It didn't bother him. So I could tell they were pretty good dogs. It just, man, oh, man, I don't know. Like I said, they're wild. Just like we are, Jerry. And that's why we should use games in education. <laughs> wow. That's not a... 
That was a wide circle. I'm just going to start inserting that after our random tangents now. And that is why. And that is why we should use games in education. Wonderful. Wonderful. Hey, uh, so anything exciting going on other than our dog? <laughs> just surviving summer. Saw saw Batman yesterday. Hence the intro. Yes. And uh, how was it? It was great. I loved it. It was uh, first time since I saw the Muppets in Disney World that I've seen a movie in IMAX. And let like, me tell what? you. <laughs> Dark Knight Rises has a little more impact in the IMAX theater than the Muppets movie. I was, I was concerned on where you were taking that. It's first time since Muppets. What? <laughs> Batman? What? Okay. So, so yeah. yeah. It was cool. Man, IMAX is intense. I bet. It's uh, it's loud. It is huge. It was pretty awesome. Um, And I'm hoping to see it next week. Yeah, it's cool. It. It's cool. And I, I, I feel I have to say, because I, it's just strange. Um, You know... I don't know how to say it, man. It was, just, it was with all the stuff that's happening in Colorado. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be strange for some people that you know do go to see it mm-hmm. um, with all of that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know how it's, to say it. It's it, it it definitely. I mean, as somebody who was in no way personally impacted by right. the shooting, um, it's still. I still thought about it, you know, and like I, I was sitting there watching the movie and. And, you know, I had read so many of the articles that I knew it was like some gunfire scene in the first 20 or 30 minutes. So, of course, every time that a gun goes off in the first 20 minutes, I'm like, man, I wonder if it happened here. You know, like, yeah, hey, things that just shouldn't be going through your head anyway. And then, you know what? I mean, in that theater, the sound was so intense. And I don't know if they had it turned up louder than it usually is or if IMAX is just always right that loud. I mean, it was my ears were ringing when I left. Like it was like a concert. Um, but some of the gunfire with the extreme sound systems sounded so real. You know, yeah. I, I can't imagine. Yeah. I don't even want to think about it. it, it no. You know, it's, and we'll, we'll discuss this another time because you had, you had an article um, a while back about, you know, video games and violence. Mm-hmm. And that I think we'll let this sit a while before we come to that. But uh, yeah, my dad, as my dad would always say, you know, you know, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not. I mean, yeah, there's some crazy situations going, crazy circumstances going on with this um, this incident on how he was able to purchase so much. And but that's a debate. I don't. You know, it's. Yeah. it's no, there there are multiple sides. There's things saying that he did it through the university. It's also thing. You know, it came out now that he was in therapy. So you have someone in therapy. Yeah. You there's know, purchasing weapons you know uh, but yeah you know it's a, it, it is a long conversation and somebody already did come out and uh and make the connection oh know, yeah that, there's been several movies fault so there's been several and it's just like you know oh well he played a lot of video games and well i'm sure he ate a lot of pizza you know <laughs> I, you know oh hey can't eat pizza because you know he might i don't know it's, know, the thing that i was the most I, torn on was yeah. um people were calling for christian bale to go to the hospital in Aurora, Colorado, which which he did do. But they, some people were calling for him to go in the Batman costume. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, get, I don't even know how I felt about that. Like, if you had a kid that just, you know, went through this traumatic event, yeah. then <laughs> Ian walks Batman. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't even know. He did He did go. He did go. I saw pictures yeah. of him, and he did go. dressed as Batman, which is probably more appropriate. I heard... Uh, Peyton Manning did too. Really? Yeah. 
That's pretty cool. Oh, okay, I, oh, I want to back Denver now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, he's and right there. That's why games are good for education. <laughs> right. Okay, I want to go back. I was mentioning, you know, I feel kind of strange mentioning this, but you know, I was talking about uh, people play a lot of video games. You know that they. Um, you know, might lead to violence, and I made the connection to pizza. Um, yes, yeah, so pizza is not violent. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's, seen it's one of those things that everybody. Attacks. But nowadays, if you think about it, he he's this kid was twenty four. Mm-hmm. Ninety some what ninety some percent of people out there that age play games. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my point is that you know there's tons of people that play games nowadays, mm-hmm. um, in the high nineties. So. That's that's my whole point. It, it's this is crazy. I'm sorry. We're nope. we're off topic, and it's it's very no, it's, it's very disturbing. It's, it's, it, but it's on topic. It's on topic. It is when when you have arguments like these, and when you have articles like these, it impacts the ability for games to be brought into the classroom. Because why why bring in something if people think that it incites this in some people? You know what I mean? Whether right. that's correct or not, if the stigma's out there, it's going to hurt the chances that these get brought into classrooms. And yeah. you know, they're doing more research, and, and it's something that we have to have an open mind to and look at, because they're now saying, no, this doesn't provoke any response from 90% of the public. But, you know, there, there are people doing research now that say, if you're a mentally ill person, does it impact you differently? Right, and I'm sure... And I don't know. I, I have yeah. no idea. My general guess is that, yeah, it, I'm, I'm sure it would have something. Right. Um, something to do with it. But it's just... There was a parent on uh, Anderson Cooper, what, 360 on CNN. I was flipping through channels, and he's just like, I want, I want CNN and all the other media outlets to, uh, you know, when a story like this breaks, don't even... Just mentioned that um, a coward, basically, he's like a coward went into a movie theater, you know, ruined so many lives, um, and then that's it. That's yeah. all you mentioned. He's going to jail. He's never getting out for the rest of his life. And let's focus on the the people that uh, that survived it and the lives of those that were lost, and and remember them because we never, hardly ever, remember the people that that survive it or that are killed right. in, this, in this. And uh, there was some, in fact, there was a person from Chicago. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I've seen just as many stories on, on the guy. So I, I'm not saying that, that that has happened. I, I've seen just as many stories on the guy, but I think I've seen more stories this time as well about the survivors. You know, yeah. I, I, I know a couple of these people's stories. That, okay. So the craziest one, did you? And unfortunately, this wasn't a survivor. But did you hear about the up and coming? Um, she wanted to be a sports sports writer, and right. she was in a mall shooting. Like, yes, two weeks earlier. Wow. Well, yeah. Was it two? I can't remember. The two time weeks right. or a month or something. Yeah. And she thought that that you know, man, that's that's that was so close. I I just barely missed that, and then this happens. Yeah. Yeah. There was there seemed to be some um, heroism, you know. Um, from those that were protecting others and okay i'm this is it's bothersome it's just it's sad it is really sad well and you know like we talk about it's you know we're already determining trying to determine um and people have already said you know oh it's the the violent video games or it's the music or it's marilyn manson's fault or or it's a movies or you know grand theft auto whatever it wants to be and 
we're already determining that. They haven't even determined if he's fit to stand trial yet. And we're we're already citing, you know, influences for yeah. for what you know, and and that's going to be an interesting argument all on its own because uh, I've seen multiple things on both sides for that too. In that he was seeing a psychiatrist, but he also planned this for weeks. And sometimes, if you have the 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 ability to plan something like this weeks ahead of time. Well, then, the kid, I mean, he's, he you, was a med student. Right, right. He's, this is no dummy. I mean, it's it, otherwise, in, as in um, intelligence of, I don't know what you call book smarts or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he had the capacity to learn, mm-hmm. um, but it also seems that, uh, what's that What's that movie? Um, the Matrix. Beautiful Mind. Yeah. You know, there's sometimes there's a fine line between, and I've seen it in my classroom, fine line between uh, genius and um, and just loss of reality. The Godfather. <laughs> and that's why we, yeah. That's why games are important. To yes. Education. Okay, moving on. So thoughts, um, our thoughts are with those families. It's mm-hmm. it's just very very sad. I can't even imagine um, losing any of my children uh, yep. and something like that uh, crazy okay so uh, moving on with i found this uh paper um let's see basically it, it's talking about myths five myths of game-based learning a report from the classroom this is a very uh well put together article he's put out uh an intro and then starts getting into the different um the different myths. The second one, games work because they capture attention. So, Jerry, you want to go on the first part here because it talks about flow. Flow. Yeah, he he did um he did some good research. You know, I mean, there's there's big names in here. They do the the flow concept, which is uh, let's see if I can say it right. Chichman Holly. I always say it wrong, but Mihaly Chichman Holly. Michael. Sure. Yep. Sounds good. Um, <clears throat> so he was the one that did the, you know, the the flow thing, and he put the quote in here: "Defined flow as being completely involved in an activity for its own sake. The ego falls away. Time flies. Your whole being is involved, uh, and you're using your skills to the utmost. Definitely, uh, definitely game. You know, I mean, when, when you look at it from that perspective, a movie does the same thing. You know, which kind of completely involving well he's a good movie completely involving you but right. you're really not using many of your skills besides being entertained now you mix in the skill portion with a game kind of cool you know? right i like this uh part here it talks about flow derives from balance of challenge and ability uh too little challenge in the game or other situation is boring too much challenge in the game or other situation creates anxiety so he shows the charts from chen so they're um they're flow charts is that what you're yeah. saying sure they're not flow charts. I don't, Jerry. You, you're getting your doctorate. I don't know. They're more flow graphs. Flow graphs. graphs. Okay. On flow. Right. Gotcha. Because a flow gotcha. chart's something totally different. Okay. I don't know if something. This this part bothered me. Um, certainly, other activities besides games, uh, gaming, routinely create a flow-like learning experience. Bailey White, an author and first-grade teacher, claims the story of the Titanic can create much the same effect on the minds of her students. Okay, I'm I'm sitting here going, you're, are they actually teaching about the Titanic and what happened? I, I'm sure, hopefully not too detailed to first graders. Oh, <laughs> my, my reading, and that's what it's. Uh, and that's when I turn 
to the Titanic. The children sit on the rug at my feet, I'm guessing first grade, and tell them the story. It's almost scary to have the absolute complete attention of that many young minds. Okay, I'm – you're on a boat. It crashes an iceberg. People die. <laughs> First then, graders, I don't know. I, Rose I, is on the board, and there's clearly enough room for Leo right, on the board, but right. she doesn't let him on. <laughs> no, no. That's and how the story goes, right? Right, right. You could right. demonstrate with the children. Make one kid the iceberg. I'm, I'm sorry. I just have a problem. I, 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 from my vantage point of reading this article, I have a problem with first graders learning or understanding the Titanic. I, I guess if I was sitting in the classroom, maybe I could see how this is all together. But these kids are having trouble with uh, snot and zippers. And uh, Listen, if we don't teach the Titanic early, Celine Dion's career is going to go right <laughs> in the top. Wow. Okay. And I can say this because my wife is a first grade teacher and has been for 15 years. No, so I would agree. Okay. Do so you know what the first flow chart looks like? Yeah. It looks like um, the plant from the Little Shop of Horrors. What? Feed me, Seymour. Oh, my goodness. Okay. You know? You ever seen that? Yes, I have. It's a good movie. Uh, who is the main actor in that? Um, oh, God, his name. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Rick? Rick Moranis. There you go. Okay, good. Um, funny. Uh, he should have stopped after one Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Because <laughs> after you... we got to like Honey, I Shrunk, Reshrunk, sold the kids, and then bought them back on eBay, that one was terrible. That was, that was bad. Uh, you know Spaceballs, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a, okay. that's a great movie. My my mother-in-law's dog looks just like Barf. <laughs> wow. I that big. call it Barf most of the time. Walks on two legs? <laughs> okay. So uh, the second part of this gets into... Basically, uh, chocolate-covered broccoli. <laughs> you know, so expectations are powerful things. We know, for example, that subjective experience uh, of pain can be manipulated simply by changing the expectations regarding to – what the heck is this part? Um, okay, so we also know – I was like, middle, where did that one go? I like the middle section. There's one sentence that has its own paragraph, but it is wrong. What? <laughs> you see it? no. That's what the paragraph is. There's <laughs> just like right. Look at the bottom flow chart. Oh, but it is wrong. It is wrong. Nice. I like nice. it. Sorry. Okay, going back to what I was talking about, but yeah, I read never. the wrong part of the sentence. We also know that teacher expectations about individuals' ability to learn can drastically uh, alter learning outcomes. I thought that was kind of interesting. But uh, imagine being forced to play a game you know you hate. How much attention are you? paying to the game. How much learning do you think you might do if that game was associated with an instructional objective? Uh, Ian Schreiber, game designer and professor at Columbus State Community College, has a wonderful term for this kind of learning experience, chocolate-covered broccoli. So, and this also goes back to what Jane McGonigal talks about, forcing students to play a game, and you want that to be a choice. Now, I'm going to play the flip side on this one because I, I truly think that Sometimes they need to be introduced to a game and at least try it because sometimes you need to try the broccoli. You, you might not want to eat it, but until you try it, you go, like, oh, hey, this is pretty good. I've done this with many different types of games where the kids are just like, I don't, I don't want to play this. They'd never pick up the game. But once they start it, then they, they can't put it down. Mm-hmm. So I think introduction, yes, it needs to be choice, but – they at least need to get started with it and at least try it. And if they don't like it, that's fine. I use it at the dinner table. Mm. Same thing. Just try it. If you don't like it, fine. 
Yeah. If you don't like it, throw it. Throw it. <laughs> Give it to the dog. Rock <laughs> is wonderful for dogs. I'm not going there, Jerry. Okay. <laughs> okay, so moving on. I'm looking at the the link sent with the chocolate-covered broccoli to see if there was um, anyone else quoted or if it was just kind of a... Yeah, because we've heard uh, Jim G. talk about that. Yes. And, you know, I'm sure it's been around for a while. I'm sure it's not a copywritten thing, and who knows? Maybe that guy is the first you one to what? come up with the idea. I'll look on Wikipedia. You do that. Okay, so while you're doing that... I, uh, I got an email from a listener, uh, Charlie Herzog. Uh, he is at PJ underscore uh, Vermont at, on Twitter, and he teaches at Floodbrook Union School in London, Londonderry, Londonderry, Vermont. And he's been, I think he's been a listener for a while, but he sent me this link to this game called Dragon Eternity, and it's an RPG looks very cool and he said i guess what i want to bring up jerry is the fact that i think we have a lot of listeners out there that are trying different games to see if it uh could be used in the classroom um charlie was talking about hey this looks really cool he i think he found out from somebody a kid at the library you know it's just like you know what games do you play um hey yeah i've been playing this game called dragon eternity so he's going to play it, and I'm putting a little pressure on him because we're, we've been emailing, and uh, I'm sure he's busy. But I'd love to get a review from, from Charlie on this and be able to post it. And I guess what I want to mention now to all our listeners is this is something that I've talked to those at EdReach, and I've talked to many people, um, you know, many teachers, and they would love to have a place they could go where teachers, maybe even students, kind of like what I ear the iEducation Apps Review, mm-hmm. to have a review site for games and if they could be used within the classroom. And I think EdGamer, as kind of the umbrella for that, would be wonderful. But it would take people like you listeners out there, most likely teachers that are that are using games or wanting to use games in the classroom, to put this together. Um, Jerry and I... <laughs> You know, it takes it takes a little time putting this, you know, the podcast together and having time to be able to put uh, a game review site together and then also be a parent and many other things would be quite difficult to do. So if there is interest out there, we would love to hear from you. And if you want to throw a little review together of a game that you use in the classroom, send it our way and we'll try to see if we can get that posted somehow within within EdReach. Maybe even have our own little side site, Jerry. I think that'd be cool. I think that'd be really cool. So let us know. Please let us know uh, your thoughts on this and if you have any ideas because I think this is a – I think it's needed. I I think teachers are really looking for a place they can go and talk to other teachers about games and how they can be used. We could call it Ed Reviewer. Okay. Ed Gamer. Ed Review – well – but that could be anything well, we could with that. Call it chocolate covered broccoli. <laughs> yes. Um, Bad news. It's not on Wikipedia, but I did find a great recipe from kidscooking.com about how to make it. <laughs> how to make chocolate covered broccoli. One large head of broccoli, one cup of semi sweet chocolate chips, a third cup of peanut butter, and a quarter teaspoon of sea salt, which is optional. <laughs> okay. That could be our title to our show today, Jerry. <laughs> so just wanted to point out uh, Dragon Eternity from Charlie in Vermont. 
thank you very much and hope to hear or get a review from you and see how we can get that posted. It would be wonderful. I also want to mention a, uh, a game that just got – that will be released, and we already have pre-orders for it. Not sure how it could be used. I, I'm sure in some respects it could be used in the classroom. My memory of this game is that there could be some topics within the game that might not be appropriate for middle school, but I'll have to play it again, Jerry, just to well, you, bet, you better check it out. Better check it out. Baldur's Gate, which is considered to be one of the top RPGs of all time. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Many hours and days playing this with, with my friends. It's yeah. going to be released on Windows PC. I think it's September 18th for $20. <laughs> I think there's digital download. iPad, Mac OS X, and these are showing September, and Android, uh, they're saying release date TBA. I thought that was going to be coming out in September also. They're doing it. It's enhanced version, so it's going to be on multiple platforms. Um, and I think it has many of the different uh, add-ons, uh, different scenarios. So I'm, I think it, uh, this is – it's a lot of fun. Sounds cool. Fun. Yeah, I had a college roommate obsessed with Baldur's Gate. Oh, man. And then Icewind Dale was another one. Uh, that was a branch off of that. It was very cool. Okay, speaking of D&D, uh, just want to let you know, we think we mentioned at the end of the last podcast, uh, Gen Con, we're heading to Gen Con for, we're going to be there the 15th for the trade day, which is the educator uh, game store show day, and uh, presenting there. If anybody's attending and going to that, it'd be a great way uh, to learn from other educators about games, not just not video, just video games. It's it's board games, which I think are just as valuable and can be just as good as anything, any other types of games out there. I guess what what I'm saying is that any listeners that are going, please, you know, would love to hear from you. Contact us through Twitter or email, and we'd love to say hi. Uh, we're going to be there, hopefully, with some t-shirts on, and <laughs> maybe some type of giveaway. But I don't want to. That you're going to say bells on. Bells on. Whoop! No, we're not. We're not fairies or, or... I'll wear bells. You can wear bells. That's cool. We should we should get costumes. <laughs> you know, one of my greatest memories of the, the last time I was at Gen Con were the stormtroopers wearing kilts. <laughs> that was awesome. So I'll go as a stormtrooper wearing an Ed Gamer shirt. Right. And you can go... You go as Balder, and I'll go as the gate. Okay, that makes no sense, Jerry. Okay, no. so we're putting a link on... Uh, for the trade day page. Also, we got an invite from Wizards of the Coast, which a lot of you might know uh, holds the franchise to D&D. And we're going to be hooking up with them and, and do an interview while we are there. Um, and I, th- I, I'm, I am so pumped about going, Jerry. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. So, and then anybody out there that's fans of Wizards of the Coast, um, Contact us if you have any questions about the new release, uh, D&D Next, which is the next rule set, um, and their forthcoming, I don't know if it's out yet or not, um, but they have a new they have a new set, I guess a new series coming out. So that's, like I said, that's going to be coming. I'm, gonna, I'm repeating myself. I'm looking on the page. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> be quiet, Jerry. You need me to take over for a minute? Yeah, no. So we're good. So if you have any questions about D&D and how it can be used in the classroom, let us know and we can ask those questions when we interview them. Yeah, send us a list of questions. That would be exciting. That'd be great. Okay, you got the next one, Jerry? Um, Consoles? Handicapped? Sure. For, 
Are you, are you going to talk? Mm-hmm. Okay. As soon as it loads on my screen, I'd be happy to. That's really under the bus there. Yep, you definitely did. There's a big bus, too. <clears throat> um, this was a this was an article that I came across. I don't even remember where it was. I sent this to you, didn't I? Yes, you did. No, I almost read it, too. Um, <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Um, it just says a string of high-profile indie developers have sounded off on the struggles of developing games for consoles. And essentially what it is, is it goes back to Valve and Steam, and it talks about, actually it credits Apple and Valve. Um, they're both, uh, they, well, this is what I like. It says they, they care genuinely about the end-user experience as opposed to what um, Xbox 360 or PS3 does. And the, the examples they gave were... Um, from the the do you have what do you have you have xbox 360 don't you yeah yeah um i have ps3 and i've never been hugely happy with with like it's you know besides when they're stealing my credit um with its marketplace or anything like that and really how it was developed and you know i think what this is kind of saying is so much of the design and so much of the creativity goes into the games by the gaming companies as opposed to, um, you know, you have both Apple with the iOS market and things like that and and Valve um, really putting in, you know, with the Steam place, putting in a, a usable interface for people that, that people really like as opposed to the PlayStation 3, you know, store where it's, it's just selling you a, a different type of product, if that makes right. any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. What's the um, speaking of that? There was an article that I read that discussed uh, some developers. Uh, I think it was EA and maybe somebody else talking about how Windows 8 did not seem very friendly <laughs> to um, uh, to games. I guess the code for it is becoming uh, a very uh, very problematic. So this one, and I'll add this on because I just found it. The Blizzard, uh, Blizzard Entertainment says it isn't happy with Windows 8 either, and they say I think Windows 8 is a catastrophe for everyone in the PC space. Um, and that was from that was from Valve, and then Blizzard responds, uh, you know, not awesome for Blizzard Blizzard either. So. Mm. They don't seem to be very happy, and if and I'm hearing it, you know, I don't, I don't see any reason why they would come out and start ripping it unless it was an issue. Uh, there could be some back channel stuff that they're not happy with. Who knows? But I, I think I'm staying on Windows 7. <laughs> yeah. Until until this all gets worked out, and if that's if if this is true, that Valve and Blizzard are having issues, you know, that's Valve with Steam. Um, I'm thinking they're not going to be happy trying to get all that stuff switched over for Windows 8. Yeah. Uh, it could be quite interesting. I mean, there's some things within Windows 8 that looks kind of nice, um, but we'll have to we'll have to see. The next one there, the Oregon Trail. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna go back to actually oh, yeah. what you were saying. Um, I think to wrap it up, you know, when you're talking about because I know you're you're a bigger fan of um, gaming 
on your system as opposed to a, a console, right? On your right, computer. PC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. PC definitely. Game. And um, he just makes a claim here that um, he forecasted the doom of consoles if they do not evolve and offer new experiences alongside competition. He says alongside competition from Apple and its iPad, but the same thing can be looked at with, you know, like the, I've seen some game reviews already come out on with the Nexus 7 and things like that and, you know, um, and, and PC as well. So I don't think it's necessarily an Apple thing, but I think it's, I think it's turning back into a war of PC versus consoles again. I think that's heating up again because really consoles did that, you know, historically or uh, PCs historically had, you know, some of the first games and better games. Mm -hmm. And then consoles kind of took off because they were placed in front of the television, which allowed them usually to be viewed much bigger and much, you know. Yeah. I guess maybe just an easier sharing method, but that I think you know PCs definitely evolving. You saw, you saw, you. I think you see PS3 trying to evolve with its Vita, things like that. But it's it's not going as well as right as uh, as PC is doing. So I, I agree with this. I see it as a, a an oncoming storm for for consoles. Right, and I've I've been seeing some articles talking about how PC gaming is actually up. Yeah, I would I would I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that at all and that's kind of what this article is saying especially with with things like the the iOS market which is always, you know, selling quality quality apps, not things that are crashing on you and then also Steam and Valve. Right. That's that's been- Well, and those are those are some of the higher um, higher range games. Mm-hmm. And but I'm starting to see more. I mean, my kids for gaming for them, it's probably the highest com- computation game that they're playing that's actually loaded on the computer is Minecraft. Hmm. And most of the rest of the stuff that they're doing is online. Yeah. It's well, through the browser. I was going to say, yeah, and I, I think that's really... W- whether you're playing games that are online, which obviously consoles have the ability to do, or whether you're simply at a machine where you're you're doing so many other things and then you find the time to play... You know what I mean? Like the purpose of a console is is to play a specific game, right? You know, as opposed to you can be at a PC doing whatever, finishing right. work, you know, surfing the web, and then suddenly you're playing playing a game, which I think is, is <laughs> different different spirit than than the yeah. console. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm happy because I this is I like PC gaming, especially the higher end stuff because I'm a, definitely a mouse and keyboard. I cannot I cannot do first-person shooters or anything like that with a with a controller. It's yeah. just I'm not as accurate. It's not as fun for me. I well, just old school. And I think the 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 biggest thing, the biggest dent the consoles put in um, PCs were when you had to constantly be updating your PC to to take these games. You know, like when a newer disc would come out, yes. it had to have a correct operating system. But those were expensive oh. upgrades. Right. And that's what a console kind of had over it. But now that everything's online and coming right. through simply your browser, makes and, it easier. And you get when you're, you know your update for your browser is what just download a new browser. You know that's that's a cheap fix compared to well HTML5, especially yeah. if they start. You know, and that's the thing. A lot of these games that the kids like to play, you can't do those the online ones through uh, through an iPad, through yeah. an Android device. I mean, it's. At least the stuff that my kids are playing, what I've seen my students play. Oh, so, maybe 
maybe we should be rooting harder for the advancement of PC games because, let's be honest, we stand a much better chance of getting them into the educational classroom yeah. as opposed to getting 30 Xboxes. Yeah, know. definitely. So. Definitely, and that's that's where, especially digital downloads, because a lot of those devices, mm-hmm. especially what I have coming this fall, doesn't even have a CD-ROM or DVD-ROM drive. Yep. And so I'm having to do some digital downloads. So I'm a, I'm a, I think it's... I don't think it's a bad way to go. Yeah. So moving on, uh, we got the Oregon Trail. You sent me this one, the Oregon Trail and educational video games done right. I just sent you it because there was a giant picture that says Nicole has dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> Her health is poor and the weather is hot. I think, I think Oregon Trail. I think people my age and a little bit, you know, younger, a little bit older, you know, they look back at the games that they played when they were younger, and Oregon Trail was one of them. And it was a great game. I there's still things I remember from that game. Lemonade stand. <laughs> Lemonade stand. You know, I, you know, it's not it's not a chocolate covered broccoli. You had to make decisions. I think for my art class this year, I'm going to study artistic concepts and the elements and principles of art through the use of like eight bit video games because <laughs> I'm looking at this picture. Minecraft too. I mean Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. I'm looking at this picture of Oregon Trail and you know just like how they show the depth of the river you know it's, it's like the worst right. graphics on earth yes. but, but you get the idea but you, yeah but it works it works I love it and that's what that's what I love about those BBC games the Flash games I hope yeah. they transfer some of those over um, since Flash is dying but it's it, you're making decisions you're making choices I, I think those definitely are not chocolate covered broccoli it's a step above yeah uh, maybe it's cheese covered broccoli Cheese, ooh. I like I, I like cheesy broccoli. Ooh. I don't know, but it, it's it's better than just the chocolate covered broccoli. I yeah. guess that's all I could say. Um, so this article basically talks about how you know these are much better than just the basic games. You're making choices, which is wonderful. Yeah. Got to throw out. What's that? Decision making. Yeah, and Skill. dysentery. And dysentery. I love explaining dysentery to my sixth graders. <laughs> It's just so much fun. I'm sure you do. I, it's they're like you know the boys are like, yeah, cool, you know, and the girls, ew, yeah. You should play. There's a Blink 182 song called Dysentery Gary. <laughs> you should play that in the background. I think I've I think I've heard that one. Before. You probably have. Um, so Pete Figtree, uh, our friend, uh, he's a foe, friend of Ed Game. Yeah. I love that. I think that's F O E. That's I love that. Um, he's probably confusing people. It is, but it's alright. <laughs> uh, he put together a benefit. It's called Discs and Dice Benefit for Camp Fireflies. And that was, uh, I guess it started yesterday, the 27th, and is going through today. I just want to give a throw out because I think it's a great cause. Uh, I'm just going to read a little bit here. This is a three, uh, free event. A goodwill offering will be collected to help subsidize, subsidize, subsidize Camp Fireflies. Okay. Camp Try Fireflies, simmer down. You're doing it's a great. specialized sleepaway camp that focuses on building social skills and friendships for preteens and teens with autism, Asperger's, and ADHD. So I think this is awesome. So they have board games, card games, disc, uh, you know, frisbee golf, kickball tournament. Um, Marvel versus Capcom cop competition, and meet and greet with Kim Callen, who's the director of Camp Fireflies. I, I, I think this is great, and especially since I've been more associated with, um, you know, the uh, with autism 
within my school, within my community, I think that I'm going to throw this out to some friends of mine that um, are advocates within my community and see maybe about doing something like this. I think this is a great idea. Besides this being just just a good thing in general to happen for these kids, mm-hmm. um, I think this is another fantastic way for people to start seeing um, how, and even if we don't want to call it video games, just how other cultures can help kids you know the, the things that they do on the side can help um you know I, I think it's something else we need to bring into schools you know you, you look at it and it's like look at what this is doing for these kids and look at how this is you know because so, so many kids with, with asperger's especially um and so many kids with autism can benefit as well mm-hmm. um you know that but that really high high level that asperger's well, it's often such a connection with with either video games, yes. sci-fi, um, you know, uh, board games, something right. like that. And the socialization, being yeah. able to learn those social skills, uh, you know, with Second Life, yeah, you know, that's been used uh, at the college level and with, um, you know, with groups of researchers and and those trying to help those students be able to socialize and and learn how to do that within second life. Yeah. Um, Being able to play games like Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you know, interacting socially with others at the table, I think is awesome. Yeah. That was, that was one of the biggest, uh, biggest examples that we had with, uh, with second life was actually one of the, one of the people from NIU, her son had Asperger's and he learned so many of his social skills from being able to, um, to meet people and, and not, and actually not have the pressure to meet people, right? You know, to to be able to to hang out on your own until you're wanting to find someone else. Yeah, very uh, cool. In a virtual world, yeah. So way to go, Pete. That's that's awesome. I like it. Good for you. I like it. Thumbs up for thumbs our up foe. For uh, yeah, two thumbs up. Uh, the last thing I, I want to start doing this uh, video of the week, which we'll we'll post. You know, with Joel Levin and uh, Lucas Gillespie. Uh, involvement within Minecraft, I ran across, I don't know if it was from their website or just me searching for stuff, uh, Minecraft Time Lapse, which is, I guess, is a mod that can be added. And it basically shows a time lapse video of the building of, of whatever is being done. And the one I'm showing is this ancient Egyptian city. There's one on a train station, there's one with a castle. Um, it's so, so cool. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is I think these videos could be used to show teachers as I've done with, with teachers. And that's something that Joel, um, I think Joel and Lucas, uh, recommend that in order to show people what Minecraft is about, you need to show the building of it and the creations of what can be done within Minecraft. And once you show that to a teacher that has not seen it, um, the end product, it's, it blows their mind. So this one here is an ancient Egyptian city, and it is just amazing. But I think even more than the end product, the great thing about a video, the time lapse, is it shows yes. what it took to get there. And too often in education, we, we become obsessed with with the end product a little bit. You know, like, oh, I don't know if I want to use that program. What's it going to do? Oh, it's going to raise my English scores 10%? Okay, sounds good. But it's really the things that are done during that process that are the most yep. important part. And this really gives you a chance to see how involved Minecraft is and the level oh. of planning. I mean, yes. well, it's insane. There's the planning, but what's very interesting, if you watch these videos, you'll see certain parts being built, mm-hmm. taken down, and yep. rebuilt, and taken down and rebuilt. And so they, they work through this, and there's some of them that there's only one or two people that are building this. And then there are some where there's 
20, 30 people. So the communication between everybody to build something like this yeah. is awesome. Collaborative learning and learning through failure. Who would have wow. thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? 21st century skills. Wow, amazing. Well, we got a lot done there, man. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Well, thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer Podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. And that's why games are important to education. Very good, Jerry. Thanks.